or the theme in the, the last number of months, every time I come to pray here with you up at the front is, it's all about you. It's all about you. And, and so, Lord, we take a moment even just to repent for the way that we at times live our lives as though it's all about us and we fit you into our plans when you choose to bless them. Forgive us, Lord. Would you do the work in our lives that is necessary so that we, we find our life and identity as your servants and your friends the people who call you Lord. And would we, would we call you Lord by the way that we live every moment of our lives? So that it's your will being done on earth as it is in heaven, not our own. Lord, we want to be people who are aware of what you are doing in the moment? How are you interacting with us in the room in the moment? Would you sensitize us to the words that you are speaking and to the the direction that you are moving? Would you make us people for whom keep in step with the Spirit is not a theory that we don't know how to practice? Would you make us people who individually and corporately can say, we are keeping in step with the Spirit because I have developed such a relationship with my Jesus that I not only know his heart, I know his presence in the ways that he is working and speaking and moving. And my entire purpose in my life is to reorient myself around the direction that his Spirit is moving. That's going to take some work. Would you do that work in us, Lord? Lord, would you make us people whose lives worship you with a level of devotion and commitment that says there's not a rich young ruler among us We want to be people who would give up everything and do give things up to follow you. Whatever the cost. Lord, we're going to open your scriptures now. And we've just prayed for sensitivity. Would you sensitize us to your word? So that it's not about what Ben has to say. It's not about the direction council is moving. It, it's not about the, the plans that we have or, or the desires that we have, that, it, that in the end, it's all about you. And that we would empty ourselves to follow Jesus because that was his example. So Lord, would you guide us? Would you sensitize us so that it is your word that remains with us. Would you silence the spirit of religion and fear that sometimes block us from 
being able to get on board with what you're saying and doing. We don't want anything between us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this time together. Have your way. Amen. Would you grab your Bibles and go to Philippians chapter 2? I'm going to invite Joel to come on up. There's an analogy that's been in certain places around uh, unity now. Um, There's an analogy that's that's becoming sort of commonplace. we talk about chess and checkers. So it's something that Joel heard first, and it relates very much to what we're going to be talking about today, both in scriptures and then as we talk about omission stuff. Um, but I don't do it justice. Joel, Joel explains it a little better. So Joel, would you share a little bit with us about what you saw, chess and checkers, how that relates to the kingdom of God and our lives personally? Um, yeah, Ben. So I, I'm a pretty simple guy. Uh, so just like, uh, Jesus's crowd back in the day, they, he, he was preaching to a simple crowd of, of farmers. And so a lot of his parables, a lot of his stories had agricultural, uh, examples because that's what the people understood. And so as I'm getting this, I'm in this season of, of God opening my eyes to things I've never seen before. I said, Lord, I need a, I need a, a simple analogy to convey what you're, what you're showing me in your word and what you're speaking to me as. And, and so as Ben mentioned, there's a, there's a, he revealed to me this, this chest and checkers analogy of, of the world that we're living in right now. There's, there's two worlds that are going on at the same time. Uh, there's there's a game of checkers, and there's a game of chess. And the game of checkers is is what we all agree on. It's it's that this is solid material. We live in a world, physical realm. Um, the world of politics is in checkers, finance, all these things. This is all checkers. It, we're ruled by Caesars and checkers. Um, and everybody we know plays the game and knows they're playing the game. But there's another game that's going on simultaneously. And that, that's the game of chess. And it's much more complicated. Uh, it takes more faith. Because it's not a seen reality. And we live in a culture that, that says actually the game of chess doesn't even exist. The game of checkers is, is all there is. But as Christians, as we read God's word, we see he, he hints at this as the kingdom of God. But there's another reality that's, that's actually the game we're supposed to be playing. But it actually comes at a cost of the game of checkers. Because when we play the game of chess and we're obedient to what the kingdom of God is calling us to, 
the game of checkers, it looks like we're losing. Jesus once famously said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? What shall it profit a man if he wins the game of checkers but loses the game of chess? And that's the reality that we have to live in as Christians because we're constantly fighting against the world that says, this is how you win. You win the game of checkers like this. Caesar says, this is how you win the game of checkers. This is Caesar's world and this is how you do it. But as Christians, we say, no, it actually looks like losing. We have to be okay with losing the game of checkers. That's where we're at. And this is a season for us as believers to lean into this game of chess, to lean into dying to the game of checkers. Because at the end of our life, even if we, we do everything to please Caesar and all the, our culture around us, and we have to face Jesus, we're going to face him and he's going to ask us chess questions. Checkers questions aren't going to cut it. Success in this world is not going to cut it. And so, as believers, we say we're okay to lose. It'll cost us our reputation. It, when, when Jesus opened my eyes to this analogy, it, it comes up again and again in his ministry in the Gospels. Again and again, it's just this constant conflict of, of these two worlds colliding. You know, the rich young ruler comes up and, and says, Lord, I've done all these things. I'm winning at the game of checkers. And Jesus said, oh, there's one more thing you got to do. This is how you win at the game of chess. You got to do this. You got to give it up all and sell it all. And he walked away sad because he wasn't willing to lose the game of checkers. And I believe all of us who follow Jesus will have that moment in our life where Jesus approaches us and says, your religion and all you've done for the world, all this stuff, I want more from you. To truly follow me, you got to give this up. Each and every one of us will have that moment. And there's only two outcomes. It's yes, Lord, I'll sell my reputation. I'll sell it. I'll sell it all. I'll follow you. Or you'll walk away sad. And so I just want to encourage us. I, I believe unity is in a season here of, of hearing Jesus' call to us. That there's a, there's a deeper call to believers. And it doesn't look like winning on this earth. Not at all. To our culture, to our friends and family, it looks like losing. But that's okay. We have to be willing to lose. Philippians 2. You're going to see chess and checkers here in Philippians 2. Let's read it together. I'm going to read it. Hope you follow along. Philippians 2, starting at verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better 
than yourselves. Let each of you look not. Some of your translations say not only. The only is interpretive. It's not in the Greek. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, to be used for himself. To be used to his own advantage, some of your translations say. But rather, he emptied himself. He gave up his rights. He gave up his possessions. He gave up his status. He gave up control. And he emptied himself and taking the form of the slave and taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient. Obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He lost at checkers and won at chess. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He emptied himself. I just said it, didn't I? He gave up his rights. So many of the conversations in the last couple of years have been about rights. And we follow a God who gave up his rights. Why are we insisting on them? I don't know. He emptied himself. He emptied himself of his possessions. He emptied himself of his position. He emptied himself of the control that God had given him as, you know, ruler of all creation. And he lays that down. And he takes the same life that you and I have. Simple human life. And he becomes reliant, entirely reliant on the power of the Holy Spirit working through him. That is absolutely crucial for you to understand. Jesus does not do miracles because he's God. And scripture is absolutely clear about that. Acts 10.38 says, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Jesus didn't bring that to the package. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil because God was with him. He lived the exact same life that you and I have, and he had the opportunity that you and I have to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and to go live the life that Jesus lived. But it started with emptying himself. And he became obedient to whom? To God. He submitted himself and said, it's not my will, but yours be done. He became obedient 
even to the point that God said, you are about to lose at checkers. And Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done. If there is any other way, take it from me. But if not, I'm going to the cross to lose at checkers because that's what you told me to do. And what's the result? The result is that he wins at chess. Right? That's what the scripture here says. That becoming obedient to the point of death, God then exalts him. This is the path. This isn't just Jesus' path as though it's somehow different from us. What does he tell his disciples? So what are, throw out some of the examples of chess versus checkers that he tells his disciples. What are some of the things that come to mind? Let me give you one example, and then you're up. You're going to call them out. Deny yourselves. Take up your cross. What are other examples? Sell everything for the treasure. What? The first, the first will be last, the last will be first. Is that what you were going to say? Kent? Except if a seed dieth, it abideth alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Jesus' world that he is revealing, the chess world, is upside down. It does not make sense to the checkers' mindset. Are we following this analogy? Yeah. Okay. Because there's reward in it. There is reward going Jesus' way. But the reward does not look like checkers. And so often the way that we define reward is God's going to bless me in the checkers game. And that's not what Jesus got. Jesus got something different. There is always reward, always reward for going Jesus' way. But it's not reward defined by checkers. He became obedient. No, verse seven, he emptied himself. A number of months back, when we were at a prayer time on Thursday night here, three different people, as we were listening during our prayer time, three different people heard the Lord say, I'm coming to fill unity. You need to empty yourselves. The degree to which we get God is the degree to which we first empty ourselves. And it's the path that Jesus took. I'm not making this stuff up. This is what Jesus says. This is what the scriptures say. Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Anyone who wants to gain their life will lose it. And anyone who wants to keep their life or anyone who wants to keep their life will lose it. And anyone who wants to gain life you must, how, why can I not do that on the spot? Yes, you can laugh. That's okay. 
Those who want to keep their life will lose it. Those who lose their life will find it. It's just the way Jesus went, right? It's the way Jesus went. I'm coming to fill unity. You need to empty yourselves. That goes for us as a church. It goes for us individually. And too many of us are too focused on checkers. Or we, we're lying to ourselves and convincing ourselves that we can win at both. Jesus, if Jesus had to make a choice between winning at chess or checkers, because it wasn't possible to do both, it's not going to be possible for me or you. This is the one we follow. We have to be prepared to lose at checkers. And we have to be prepared for that to be both personal and corporate. So now we're going to talk about Hope Mission. The back bulletin board there is the document that Council and Hope Mission have put together. I'm going to email it out today. You don't have to go get a copy of what we are calling the letter of intent. In other words, we, are, we have put together something that is an agreement between unity and hope mission. And the only path forward with this is to empty ourselves corporately. Give up our rights. Give up our control. Give up what we want because we believe that this is what God wants. So I'm going to read this passage again, and I want you to keep that project in your mind. For those of you who are new or listening online and aren't aware of this project, essentially, Unity and Hope Mission are coming together and saying, we want to build something together. We want to do it together. And I'm telling you that the only way forward is for us to donate everything that we have to them. And that's, that's what we believe God is saying. Empty yourselves. I'm coming to fill unity. You need to empty yourselves. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but he emptied himself. It's not just personal me and Jesus stuff, it also functions at the corporate level. And we believe that this is what God is asking us to do now. So do nothing from selfish ambition, unity. You don't get to just have your own way, unity. But in humility, consider others, consider even this ministry better than yourselves. Look not to your own interests, unity, but to the interests of others. This is a kingdom vision. It's about what is best for the kingdom. It's not about this is how unity is going to get a better building. It's not. It's about a, a, a deep conviction that this is what the Spirit is doing and saying, it looks like losing at checkers. Because the checkers mindset says, for a church to grow, you need a bigger building. For a church to grow, you have to be in control. That's not the mindset of Jesus. 
So look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Actually, that's the way I memorized it. Sorry. But it says, look, let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself. He gave it all up. Are we going to do the same? Let me, let me now bridge for you this passage and that letter of intent. And I'm just going to pull out a, a few key points. As I said, I am going to email out this letter of intent later on this afternoon. By the way, um, the reason I'm doing it this way is because um, Kevin Bender, who is our moderator, would normally have been the one to um, do, do the Hope Mission presentation, talk about this kind of stuff. Um, but unfortunately, the, just the timing didn't work out, and he's away this week and wasn't able to do it. So that's why we're going the way that we are. Um, but this is, this is a council consensus. This isn't Ben's project that uh, he's asked council to bless or something like that, okay? Kevin asked me to remind you of that this morning. Let me bridge for you, like I said, bridge for you this project and this passage because the two go very much hand in hand. First of all, Jesus became obedient, right? That's what the the passage here says. He became obedient. Who did he become obedient to? To God saying, go this way. I explained that, right? This project is very much about obedience to the voice of God. To the best degree that we have been able to, we have said, this is what the Lord is saying. This is the way that the Lord is going. It doesn't make sense to the checkers mindset, but it does make sense to the chess mindset. And to the best degree that we have been able to, we have been saying and we have been hearing that this is what the Lord is saying. And so this, from our perspective, is a matter of obedience to us. That this is what the Lord is asking unity to do. No, it doesn't make sense to checkers. But it, it does look a lot like chess. So that's the first point. The second one is that... Um, this, like I said, is going to be a donation. We are going to take, should you vote in two weeks' time and say yes, we are going to take everything that Unity has in terms of building and land, or the land, essentially. We are going to donate our land, which our building is on, to Hope Mission. It is, and it's written right in this as a gift. It is a gift. That, that word has certain implications for us that have guided us through this process. It's a gift. Do gifts come with strings? Okay, so Jesus became obedient to the point of death, which means that he gave up control. This is very much unity giving up control. And again, it looks very much like chess, but it doesn't make sense to checkers but it's a gift. 
And the reason we were going this way is because this project would not go forward any other way. We looked at the other options. We looked about dividing the land. We could not divide the land. We looked at co-owning a building. We, we could not make it work. The only, and so what we would do is if we ended up dividing the land is that unity would lose and hope mission would lose. Neither one would be what they should. And so we came back to this and said, the only way forward is if unity models this. If we give and we work together and at the same time submit ourselves and say, if this is a gift, then it's your program, your way. And they grant us a certain amount of input, but it is a gift and it is not a co-equal partnership in that sense. We have a voice, but not a vote, if that makes sense. Okay? It's a gift, and therefore it will cost us. Right? It costs Jesus. It costs us to give up control. It costs us, costs us to give up an asset that appreciates. Right? Buildings depreciate, but land always goes up, right? Typically. It's going to cost us. It's going to cost us in a couple of specific ways here. So one is um, that it will also cost us to put in sound equipment. Now, we happen to have, have probably all of that money in the bank. So I don't imagine we're going to be fundraising for this. But the point is that we are both going to donate and there will still be costs for us. Now, we will have for the first 35 years of this agreement, no bills. Okay, so no, no rent, no utilities, that kind of stuff. Okay, so it, it won't cost us in that sense but it will cost us. There, there, are, there are still certain costs going forward. So the one, of, one of them is the acoustics. That means both an acoustical consultant as well as the sound equipment. And then it will cost us after the 35 years. Because you see, there's going to be a certain point at which the value of our donation will have exceeded what we would get out of that in terms of fair market value for rent and, and utilities and, and so on. And at a certain point, it just makes sense, and especially from Hope Mission's point of view, it makes sense for us now to be a contributing partner in the ongoing relationship after that. And so at that time, 35 years from now, there, there will be... A, a revisitation of what does an equitable and fair partnership look like going forward as far as financial contributions go. Okay. So again, you can read more about that later on, but I'm just letting you know that there's a cost. Okay. And we still think that the cost makes sense from the chess point of view. It doesn't make sense from the checkers point of view. Maybe not. But I promise you, there is reward in this. Because there was reward when Jesus went this way. Okay? It's a chess move. 
That's what we're putting in front of the congregation. What we are putting in front of the congregation is a chess move. And now what you're going to have to do is put on your chess glasses and read that document. You're going to have to put on your chess mindset and prayerfully ask the Lord, is this, Lord, in fact, the way that you are asking unity to go? Because the council doesn't make the final decision, the membership does. There's going to be a vote in two weeks' time, and it will require quorum. It's a chess move. But it's going to require each person here to recognize that. And that means going back to the Lord. It means going back to the scriptures and saying, does this line up? Does it line up with Philippians 2? Well, Jesus gave himself and became obedient and emptied himself. And there was a cost and there was a reward. And I see that same thing here in what the council is putting in front of us, putting in front of us. Are there any questions? I don't want to take hope mission questions. Are there chess and checkers questions? There's going to be time for conversation later on as far as hope mission stuff. Are there chess and checkers questions? Are there scriptural questions? You know that parable of the talents? The the stewardship question, the bottle of water. As we've wrestled as a council with this is a gift. Gift should not come with strings, but we have we have a responsibility to our, our membership, to the people who have donated, to the people who've gone before us, and so on. And as, as we've been trying to weigh those things, um, there there's sometimes been this tension that we have felt as we've wrestled through what feel like at times competing kingdom values, because one kingdom value is generosity and gift and so on, and the other one is stewardship. And the parable of the talents came to mind as I was preparing this. Stewardship, wrongly understood, is about I need to control. In the parable of the talents, who's the only one that maintained control? The guy who buried his talent is the only one who maintained control. Stewardship is not ultimately measured by how much we can control. Stewardship is measured by the greatest number of kingdom outcomes. I think the council would suggest, I would suggest that this is good stewardship and that gift and stewardship are not in competition. They come together here. Will we put that forward to you? We will have a vote in two weeks' time. We'll get more details to you on how we're going to do that and so on. 
I will email out the letter this afternoon. One final detail, the, the pictures that you see there and even the, um, the, the, the schematic itself, the two floor plans there, um, you're going to see in this document, it says this is only really a vote on the footprint. The, this is, in other words, the, the walls inside, much of that could change. Right? This is only about um, putting together enough stuff. Like essentially, this the stuff on there is just examples of what it could look like inside. This is much more about the exterior at the moment, and just saying, can we fit in this this footprint? Can we foot in this this rough floor plan so that we can take this? Should the congregation vote in favor and go to the next stage of development permit? In other words, this thing was going to say the details will be settled later. In other words, there's an element of trust here as well. We don't have everything figured out as far as what this building will look like going forward. And it means submitting ourselves to Hope Mission's process. Now, we have in the legalese there that we, we are going to be consulted on this, but ultimately it's Hope Mission that has final say. We have a voice, but not a vote. And that's still very much the model that Jesus had. I don't know how this is going to go, Lord, but I submit myself to you. Obedience to the point of death. And God rewarded him. Let's pray. We call you Lord because it's all yours. We call you Lord because we are all yours. We call you Lord because it, it, right away, by using that word, it means we submit to whatever it is that you say. Would you make us attentive to your voice? Would you make us attentive to your scriptures? Would you guide us as we move forward in discerning the ways that you are speaking and moving so that we keep in step with your spirit, so that we follow the example of Jesus? Make us faithful servants. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, brothers and sisters, those online, those in person. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Bless you. Those of you who are online, bless you. Have a great week. I'm going to shut off Zoom and then I got one more thing for, for those here in person. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for being here.